eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. We gonna do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just watch old bandit run. run. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. That's awesome. That was really good. Sport that was great. There. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Does is eastbound and down? That's just an expression, right? Like the show has nothing to do. Is no relation to this. I've never seen the show. I think in the, the show term, named after. I think in the term the of the song, they are they're going east. Okay. So so it's just kind of like a drive. You're going eastbound and down. Yeah. yeah no, but I, is the show named after the song? Then I know it doesn't have anything to do with like the story. But I don't know. The uh, show's about like baseball. Yeah. yeah. Awesome show. We should do a podcast on that show. <laughs> I'm gladly I'll, I'll watch it I love baseball you're wearing a Tampa Bay Devil Rays hat oh so. yeah I'm all about baseball right now just ordered the book Ball 4 I've been playing the only yeah. video game I play is MLB The Show I'm missing, oh, yeah. I'm missing the Jays game right now for this why <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I'm not following baseball too much right now but I know that uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been amazing MB- so MVP that's good. this year hands down that's what I've heard. Yeah, no, it was incredible. Does a- does Adam Lind still play? Adam Lind retired a long time ago. <laughs> so Adam Lind retired like ten years ago. What about Jose Bautista? He retired pretty much about four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, something like that. What podcast is this? Uh, well, we're talking talking about sports. Yeah, we're talking. Hey, Smoking uh, the Bandit is a is a cultural movie, and a big part of that culture that it represents is baseball and sports. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm all we gotta, in on that. We got to do ten minutes on on the MLB. Who's in first? Tampa, uh, Oakland. In our, in our division, and Tampa, then, and then do ten yeah. minutes on baseball. Yeah. Okay. You got to do the intro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to derail, derail this. Uh, welcome to another episode of Is It Whack? It's a movie podcast where we talk about movies and debate their whackness. Whack. Not meaning good or bad, but truly whatever it means to us. On that day, we're in the midst of a new miniseries that we started last week called uh, Whack 100 Miles Per Hour, where we're talking about movies that are about about speed. I guess that's the way we're saying it. Yeah. Like fast or slow movies. movies. Yeah, speed, you know, speed-based films. And uh, today, we have a very special guest, a longtime friend. Uh, Insomniac uh, director and star. Yes, yes. Insomniac director and star, alumni. Sebi, do you, go on. Go keep keep talking up, Max. Um, cool person, really smart person. Wow, this is amazing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Dress as well. Yeah, uh, very fashionable. Keep it going. Can smoke uh, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> In twenty seconds. <laughs> uh. Maybe the best hair, maybe the best hair in the world? No. Best hair in Toronto? No, not anymore. I need to chop this not all anymore. off. The I got... best hair in the West End. You're going to chop it off? Is there is there visual to this podcast or just audio? No, no just audio. So just say whatever. Okay, well, I, well, I just, it, it, I bleached it and it lost all its curl and now it's just kind of a, just like a nice little mop top that I need to get rid of until I get the original nice mm. clean hair back. I think it still looks great, but uh, but I appreciate you know it. my opinion doesn't matter as much as yours because you're the one who's who's you know it's your hair. So, uh, but we're talking about our, our good friend Max Jordison. Welcome Hello, to the everyone. podcast. Thank okay. you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And um, you're here. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you go, no, no, go ahead. You're Thanks. here to talk about a movie that you love, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. What's your What's your relationship to this movie? Um, maybe about, about four or five years ago, got back from uh, tra traveling the world. And for some reason, when I was out there, I was in Thailand and I saw all these uh, old Thai dudes dressing like cowboys. So I wanted to start dressing like a cowboy and I took on the persona and the obsession to a very, uh, I took it on a lot and started dressing like it, but also started trying to watch everything cowboy-esque and, you know, I've been listening to country music since I was a baby, but, you know, keep on going with that. And uh, naturally wanted to be a good old country, not a good old boy, but like country stuff. I, I watched Smokey and the Bandit and fell in love immediately. And then uh, since then, probably have showed it to most of my friends when they don't know what to watch. And I've uh, watched it maybe 10, 10, 15 times. Wow. Yeah. It is a great movie to just kind of, it's super watchable. It's very, uh, it's it's a quick ride. It's a great ride. It's super fun. Uh, Sebi, do you have a prior relationship to this one? Well, Max showed it to me. Um, that's oh, how I saw go. it. <laughs> There you go. He showed, he showed it to our our movie club, which has been mentioned on the podcast before. Um, and I I thought it was something you had like a a longer relationship with, but the way I felt, which maybe you felt sim similarly, where I never really had any interest in it or I didn't really know what it was, and then when I saw it, I was like, "Where's this been all my life? This is what I yeah. want from a film." Yeah, no, that was kind of I like remember I, like one night I like didn't know what to watch and I looked up a list of like truck driving movies. And obviously that was at the top, but I remember I wasn't actually trying to watch that one. I was trying to find Convoy first because I love the the C.W. McCall song, Convoy. Um, but I couldn't find it anywhere and Smoking on the Band, I think was on, used to be on Netflix or something. And so I threw it on and then I think it was like one of those movies where I watched it that night and then I think I watched it the next day. Yeah. What a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. This is my first time seeing it. I'd heard, like I knew... I knew you loved it, Max. I knew uh, that you loved it as well, Seb. And so I was really pumped to see it. I knew very little about it, aside from, I mean, not really much. I mean, I guess, like, I knew the general, like, kind of iconography of it. And I knew it was a, a fun, a fun, you know, uh, a driving movie. That's pretty <laughs> much the extent of what I knew. Um, and that there was a cool guy named The Bandit in it. Uh but I, w I, was, I was very, very satisfied. I mean, it was everything that I thought it was going to be, and, uh, and I loved it. Yeah. So thank you, Max. Do you know what the bandit's real name is in the movie? I think, um, I think it's... Bo? Yeah, Bo, Bo Dernal or something like that. <laughs> Bo Dunnell. Oh, they only say name. it once in the movie. But yeah, that's his real name. Yeah, there, there's some great names in this movie. There's Buford T. Justice. Which is great yeah, police <laughs> officer of all time. <laughs> it's insane. Um, yeah, what's, what's the, the what's his friend's name too? Is he's got a junior? great name? Junior Snow, Justice? Snowman? Oh no, it's uh, yeah, the bandit's friend, yes. Yeah, and then man. I think he's Cletus and you know, that's his real name. Mm -hmm. And then What's the dog's name again? Um, is it Batman or something like that? No, no, he has a human it's like Bill or something. He has a human name and he keeps calling oh, it. Oh true. I don't know why that was Batman. Damn, I just, that I just watched great. this. <laughs> yeah. That dog's a great character in the whole movie. The dog has a... It's a very ugly dog that they found. They did not shy away from. It's like 
It's a beautiful dog. It's a yeah, what do you dog. mean ugly? Why was it ugly? I mean, it's a dog that looks extremely ragged, like it's been through a lot, which is hey, it's been in the cab of a truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that what you is that you consider that ugly? No, it's just a, it's a lived dog. The dog's road worn. Okay. Yeah, seriously. I'm just saying they didn't get some some fancy Hollywood dog. You know? No. This is an okay. authentic dog. It's a real I dog. It's a real dog that boot, bootlegs yeah. beer. <laughs> Should we do a quick summary? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do a summary. Is there going to be a song and is it going to be country? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seb Summary Corner. Oh, God. That was probably. That was oh, country. If you like country, I'm sorry, that Max. That was country I'm, music. I'm, no, that was, that was beautiful. <laughs> I know you love country and I, I gave you that. And, Hey, I were there other? Music. Sorry, this is really not like I shouldn't be bringing this up right before Seb Summary Corner. No, you but shouldn't. like, <laughs> were there any other like uh, uh, cowboy movies or anything that really stuck with you in that period of like I'm gonna watch every single, I'm gonna watch everything, or was what? this really the one that like this was the one where it's like when I say addressing like cowboy it wasn't really like i didn't want to dress like clint eastwood or anything like that i just like the look of you know tight blue jeans and yeah. you know a nice I think modern shirt. cowboy. yeah exactly modern cowboy nice baseball cap and really nice pair of boots but besides i didn't when i was trying to go full cowboy i didn't really watch any westerns or anything like that um but this one definitely took me the most um I'm blanking on the name. What's that Robert Altman movie? Nashville. Oh yeah, that one I loved. And then great. Convoy, which is the the definitely the 18 plus version of Smokey the Bandit. <laughs> kind of a similar <laughs> plot, not really a similar plot, but close enough where it's truck a truck driver having a problem with cops and then other truck drivers helping out. But that's by Sam Peckinpah, and that one is just so many people die. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a whole subgenre of, like, 70s car movies that I feel like I've definitely watched more of those with you than actual westerns. Yeah. And that seems closer. And the character I thought, watching it this time, that most resembled your personal style was actually Snowman, the trucker. Oh, definitely. Snowman's oh, much yeah. better dressed. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> Snowman's much better dressed than uh, a bandit. No offense, Bert, but I don't know. I'm not one to wear red satin shirts you know <laughs> i mean maybe in the peak of my uh when you were experimenting americana obsession but right. not anymore right so you were more yeah you're saying, like you were more like, attracted to the kind of like 70s like modern yeah. cowboy kind of feel not yeah. the no yeah i feel like cowboys misleading but that's just everyone constituted that yeah. phase of my life as so <laughs> i'm going to take it on as well <laughs> but um, Yes, I'm a recorder, buddy. Yes. Yes, please. So, Smoking the Bandit's about Bandit, uh, who is a driver. He's what's called a blocker, um, which means he uh, speeds in order to attract the police away from trucks that are doing illegal deliveries of beer, who are bootlegging. Um, and he and his partner, Snowman, take on a bet from the businessman Big and Little Eunice, who challenge them uh, to deliver a giant shipment of beer uh, cross state lines um, and on the way they uh, encounter Sally Field whose name is Carrie I think in the movie 
um, who is uh, escaping a wedding, a sort of shotgun wedding, um, with the son of the Sheriff Buford T. Justice, who, along with uh, a lot of other, you know, cops, chases uh, Bandit and Snowman and Carrie uh, throughout their whole journey. That's kind of the whole movie. It's just the one, the yeah. one run. And also, I don't think it's talked about how ridiculous the plot is that these two businessmen just challenge a, it's it's shown at the beginning that they've challenged other truck drivers <laughs> yeah and they've gotten oh. arrested so it's like are they and the prize is eighty thousand dollars and it's just like it seems so far-fetched to me that why they're doing it is one is it they want to get truck drivers in trouble <laughs> or like like I, it, it makes no sense that they would put up eighty thousand dollars just to they don't want all that beer for themselves eighty thousand dollars buy a lot more beer yeah, and, yeah it's a, truckers. and they're losing it's, large volumes of beer every time someone gets caught. <laughs> that is true. But I wasn't sure if, like, you know how in the movie they steal the beer and smoking the band. Right, right. Because they right. show up before it's there. But I guess, like, probably, yeah, I guess uh, Mr. and, what is it? Big, Big and Little, little Enos. Enos. <laughs> or Enos, um, yeah. Yeah, Enos. I guess they're paying for the beer, but... I, I guess it also starts at like a truck rodeo, so maybe they're just, you know, fans of rather than enemies of truck drivers, and they actually want to see it done. But by the end, it seems like they don't want it to be done. Yeah, it's in one way kind of like a pretty, you know, like muscular opening, I guess, because they are just kind of laying out like the the whole thing, and then kind of getting out of the way as just like driving becomes the whole movie. But I also was sort of confused at what was happening. But it pretty quickly, I was like, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, I, I just want to see Smokey driving around, being cool, getting away from the cops. Like, exactly. I don't, I don't really care why he's delivering this. All the other movies from that time too, like Convoy and like White Line Fever. And I forget the name of the other big one from that time. But all of those equally have loose plots that don't really mm-hmm. make that much sense. Right. I think it's more so just like you know a setup for what everyone wants to see and it doesn't matter what it's about because even at the end of Smokey, it's like they don't you you want them to like or i feel like you kind of want them to get the money and then they're like no we'll go get clam chatter from boxing or whatever and, just set up the next movie. <laughs> and it's like you're like oh yeah i actually don't care if they get the money i just want to see them drive around yeah yeah i think there's oh sorry no sorry Seb, you go ahead well one i think the movie is kind of operating i think it becomes more and more clear as it goes but it's sort of like a looney tunes movie like it's a movie that's mm. like basically like a live action cartoon like the like even the images like um Southfield on the side of the road with her dress and like they're just very simple very iconic like um yeah there's even like cartoon sound effects and things like that it's it's like a live action cartoon so that, i didn't really get true. hung up on them yeah. yeah. Even at the end, when when uh, Buford T. Justice and Junior are in the car, and their car is like uh, now convertible because it went under a truck, and <laughs> yeah. it's like smoking and all that stuff. That's very Looney Tunesy, where they're still driving like a car on that's smoking and yeah. puttering around. Yeah, that the car is gradually being destroyed in different ways, but he's so determined he'll continue driving <laughs> it, like no matter what. Yeah, no, that is very true. Even the way people kind of jump into cars and with their legs dangling out, or. <laughs> Or the way that they kind of burst through, uh, uh, you know, fences and, and so on. Like, it's all very Looney Tunes, very slapstick in a very fun way. Yeah. But I, I think it's to the strength of the movie that it never fully goes off the rails where it feels like nothing matters. And and you don't mm. even really realize it's happening, I think, at first. 
and then yeah i know it just they go right into it and it's kind of like it feels weirdly plausible somehow it's got a real sense I mean, of place and, and, and time i mean i feel like it is plausible yeah even though it's so so silly in some ways well that's like cannonball runs based off actually a real race yeah we <laughs> can get to cannonball run i do want to talk oh. about how meet him like i think fascinating person in korea well, I think a lot of the, uh, like, at least for me, the fact that it kind of doesn't go off the rails is a lot can be attributed to, like, I like the kind of ecosystem and, like, community that they build amongst all the drivers. Like, I don't, what's, yeah, they're just drivers, right? Is there another truckers. word? But I guess they're not all truckers. But they're not, yeah, not, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of it is, like, the ecosystem and the community that they build that, like, every time you know, Smokey show not Smokey. Oh my God. <laughs> Every time the bandit. That's a, that's an easy mistake to make. I swear I make that mistake. All the time. But it's the first name in the title. Yeah. It's, it's the first name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but every time the bandit shows up in a new place, like he has people to call who know him and, um, and even the ones he doesn't know, it's like, they're all, there's kind of this, uh, like connectiveness of yeah camaraderie of it's amongst like it's drivers. like dom toretto going to street races everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah on, honestly toretto. yeah and everyone knows the bandit he's like the legend so yeah exactly. it kind of also grants it this like uh yeah almost like mythic like uh attitude that yeah. i think like makes the i don't know it grounds the wildness in a way even though it is still mythic yeah yeah no it's i i yeah it's i like any movie where it's like you know, like they can just call upon favors everywhere with no, yeah. I could just like, I don't know. It's like a nice to imagine the world where if you're driving across the world or traveling or whatever, you'll just be handed help at any, at every corner. Well, the, the world building in it, the weird thing it reminds me of is actually uh, the first John Wick where it's like everywhere he goes, he's like owed favors. And there's almost like this weird underworld mm. of like CB radio users who all like know each other and have this, their own code. And like, like and have their own gimmicks like the grave robber is like he's like yeah the hearse driver yeah, he's yeah a hearse driver. Awesome. is he a bootlegger is he just like someone who knows him it's it's hard to tell but it's cool that they they all know the bandit yeah it's awesome i feel like in i'm not i have no idea what the truck driving world is like anymore but i do feel like in like there is actually some truth to like a cb radio kind of family yeah throughout each and every state because i feel like like any, you know, like, say you're like a touring band, there's a certain bars you go to in every city that you tour in or whatever, and the certain venues you always play. And so I think in the world of truck driving, it was kind of similar to that. So the, I feel like the people that are truck driver adjacent, maybe they work at the bar or the truck stop or what have you, I feel like they would be part of that CB family. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I have heard that like, yeah, that, that was sort of a big thing in like this... Well, I guess it would be the 70s, 80s, like just CB radio communities. Like, you know, it, it was such an interesting way to interact. And yeah, I don't know if you guys know more about that. Like, I, I, I know very little. I don't. I I don't know more so than like, just like, I remember after watching this movie, I just looked up like all the terminology. <laughs> there's some crazy, like there's the, the craziest stuff. Some of it super fun and lighthearted, and some of it's super gross and like <laughs> nasty, like like right. the terms for like a brothel or right. a strip club or whatever. Yeah, I think it, in the movie it seems like the CB radio is like a new invention. I don't know anything about them in real life, but at the beginning, Snowman says that the cops have CB radios now, and then 
there's a like when snowman goes to the bar the bar owner has a cb radio and it's almost like a joke like it's like oh i got this now so i've been tracking it seems like this new exciting thing the movie is true like, right it's kind of cool i think they've, they've they were around for way before 77 when Smokey came out but maybe i think i thought what snowball was getting at is that the cops now like can track you through the cb right right like or not track you, but they can let the clips into. Because I think before the cops have, would have their own like a uh, network or whatever what right, have you, right. now they where they communicate to each other. Now I think they just use CB, but I'm not. I'm not sure. About no, that no, at all. that makes more sense because you do see old movies like movies from the sixties and stuff where people are are on yeah, CB rocking. Have you ever heard that song, uh, "Teddy Bear" by Red Sovine? No. It's just so funny. It, it also sums up like the kitschy familiness of country music and hollywood at that time where it's a song about a little he calls himself a little crippled boy uh where he's at home and he's on his dad's cb he's asking the truck drivers if they're out there and then he explains to him that his like truck driving dad got like in a wreck and died and that his mom's out right now but he's bored because he can't do anything because he can't walk and so he likes to go on his dad's cb radio and then all the truck drivers around come and give him rides and make a collection plate for him and his mom. And all of that happened in the span of like a minute and 50 seconds. I don't even think it's two minutes long. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Great song. Um, yeah, well, speaking of outdated terms, you know, in the movie, uh, Sally Field talks about being a gypsy in the Broadway world, which obviously is an uncool term to use. But I think she's trying to align like I think the script is trying to show that the characters are all like travelers, like they're not really like tied down. They're even though, nomadic. yeah, even though Snowman right. has like a family, um, but that's why the end doesn't bug me at all. That it's like a sequel tease. It's like the end is that they continue on the road because that's like where, what these characters do. Yeah, and that's a classic theme in like all country music and truck stuff. Is like like the or like even like older movies about like what they would call hobos back then mm-hmm. where it's like like you know people hopping trains and stuff like that the the rambling man mm-hmm. is like that was like one of like you know the pinnacle ideas of american freedom is like the rambling man the you can even bring it to like where like jack Kerouac on the road and stuff like that it's a very romanticized and you know idolized kind of way of living that I also, part of me, loves to, where I think it'd be a hell of a lot of fun to hop trains all over the world and, you know, yeah. beans on fires. Well, and it, 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 like, yeah, it's a movie where it is kind of about the fact that these people, like, prefer over anything to just, you know, be on the road, like, kind of be these people without a, without a home, be these traveling people, and, and it, and it, shows that like it kind of proves that it doesn't have to just like say yes this is how they like to live it's the entire movie is kind of like evidence of like yeah wouldn't this be fun to live like this yeah that's and the so classic... it... sorry no 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 uh well i was just gonna say and so yeah it it makes that sequel tease like kind of brilliant to me that like yeah that's the that's the best fate for them it's not getting the money the money doesn't matter like it's that they're going to continue to be on the road because that's what they truly desire. But yeah, that's the classic trope in all of that pop culture is uh, like they love their road more than they love their family or whatever. Right. It's like the road is their first true love and they'll always leave you for the road. 
Mm -hmm. So that's why at the beginning, uh, Snowball's wife is so against him going. Yeah. Because I think it's more so she's scared that Snowball won't come back. Right. Which uh, is fair, apparently, because he just goes to Boston <laughs> yeah. or wherever. Just leaves yeah, all of his kids. doesn't come back. <laughs> takes his dog. <laughs> takes his dog and leaves all the rest of his family. <laughs> He's like, you don't talk, dog. You're good, Bobby. But but I think it is that is like the idea that it's one of the ideas in the movie that sticks and makes it, you know, have some weight beyond being this like live action cartoon. And I love that it's a live action cartoon, but there are like these moments of real like, uh things that actually kind of stir me emotionally and one of them for some reason is always when the convoy protects him and true i always yeah. I love that part and it's so appealing it makes it look so uh amazing to be a, a trucker <laughs> and to have your fellow truckers i don't think it's that uh no i don't think amazing in real life <laughs> yeah but I but mean, it's the same yeah. it's the same thing i'm saying like where it's like yeah it it makes you buy into it like it makes you believe that this would be the coolest lifestyle ever by just showing throughout the movie like yeah look at all these look at this like kind of family of drivers that all have each other's back and all look out for each other look how much fun it is to just be on the road like that's yeah the, the whole movie is proving that philosophy i wonder like and after smoking the banner came out i think it was the second biggest grossing movie that year besides star wars great year for me oh, wow. my two two of my favorite movies of all time but uh, after that movie came out, the Pontiac Trans Am, which is the car Bandit drives, like skyrocketed in sales, like t- sales like tripled or even more. And I wonder if that movie had a similar effect where I wonder if more people try to become a truck driver <laughs> after that movie. Yeah, I wonder if there's, if there's data on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my cousin Kate, I want to shout out because she would always try and get me to watch this movie. Um, and she loved it. And... Um, her fiance, uh, Chris, every summer he would buy a Trans Am and fix it up. They, they lived in, in rural Manitoba and then he would always have to sell it, um, for like tuition money or something. I I can't remember, but she would say like every summer, like for three summers, he got a Trans Am and fixed it up to be like the bandits and then had to sell it again. Damn. That's so tragic, but also really cool that that's (laughs) how he made tuition. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Did it inspire? Do you drive, Max? Like, did it inspire you in, I, in any kind of way? I love driving. I don't have my license, but <laughs> um, I also love. As of recently, I think maybe it was a uh, the past summer of spending almost every day with Indigo, and he's really into cars. I got really into cars, and now I like am for some like with someone without a license, I know way too much about <laughs> so many things about cars and driving, but. No, one day I will get my license once COVID's over. And uh, yeah, I probably won't buy a Trans Am, but I'll probably drive, try to drive like Bandit. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have my license either. I don't drive. It's too scary. I'm scared of the road. I got, I got a G1 and I failed my test in Hamilton. But Damn. Really? For your G2? I didn't yeah. even take a test. Yeah, I did. That's oh. tragic. You'll get I it. mean, the real I'll bandit thing to do would just be drive without a license. Bandit for you don't think bandit has a license? Bandit for sure has got. I one. know he does have a license, <laughs> but I mean, like it's a pretty it's a pretty bandit move to drive yeah, without yeah. a license. Um, yeah, he might actually not have a license just just because probably got it taken away in court, and make ten yeah. pounds older. <laughs> well, he That's ha- like, have I mean, you ever? He hates authority. Like, why would he try? Like, why would he care about having the 
the validation it, of it a license. It just might not be that hard, and it might, you know, protect him from a lot of hassles in his line of work. Uh, I think it's yeah. at least have a driver's but license. Philosophically, he wouldn't want a license. It would yeah, go against got, everything. He I gotta agree for. with Adam here. <laughs> yeah, go against everything he stands for. <laughs> Um, that was the sort of thing for me, actually, that like, uh, like grounded it amongst all the Looney Tunes thing as well. It is it, just like, I think there's a very clear philosophy to the movie. Like, it's very clearly anti-establishmentarian, anti-authority, anti-cop. And I think all that stuff, like, you know, you can have a movie that's just totally silly with like no real ruling ideology and it can still be a great flick. But I think that that's the thing that like, I don't know, really makes it like sing for me where it's like it has such a clear ideology and point of view that like it doesn't matter how how big it goes. It always feels like it's rooted in a in a clear reason. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of those movies, whether it be truck driver movies or uh, bootlegging movies or anything like that, like even like Gator or well, we watched uh, Hooper Thunderbolt Run. No, what's it called? Cannonball Run? Not Cannonball Run, the other Burt oh, Reynolds white, one. White Lightning? <laughs> white Lightning, that's what it is. Uh, all of those movies are all also very anti-authority and anti Yeah, the cops are the villains in like almost all of those. In uh, in Hooper, um, a guy says, in a bar, goes, do you know how to stop a cop from drowning? And Hooper says, no. And he goes, good! <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I, but I also think they have, that's a, that's a great point. And I also think they have a real sense of time and place as well. Like mm. the, the locations feel very real. The, the, even like the extras and the casting, like those actors feel super authentic. Um, and you really, really feel like the journey, um, through the different States and, and all those things, um, that yeah, doesn't make it a complete cartoon that could be set anywhere. Mm -hmm, for sure. Man, I wish I rewatched it before doing this <laughs> podcast because talking about it, I'm probably just gonna watch it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it does make me excited. Even I just watched. I mean, I just finished it like an hour ago. But even talking about it again, I'm like, oh, it's so fun. I want to watch it again. And it's like, I mean, I said this off the top. Like, I understand why you are able to watch it 15 times because it is such a like. It's just so yeah. fun. Like I don't. Yeah, it's it's, that's it's really low the best stakes. Way to put it. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's like it makes you feel like happy throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. The, there's exactly I think one minute of drama in the entire thing, and that's when Snowman gets beaten up by the bikers, and then it really stays on him for a second as he like dusts himself off, and he's like walking to his truck, and he's all beaten up, and the owner comes out and says, "Oh, I'm sorry that happened." Gives him food. And then he runs over the bikes and it's back to yeah. fun again, like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it is that, I remember the first time I watched it and I saw that happening. I was actually just like so devastated. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Snowball, <laughs> Snowball is like, in my eyes, the best character of the movie. And like, he's just like the most lovable. Like, I know Bandit has all the charm, but Snowball's just like, I don't know. He's, uh, he's He just, he always resonated with me way more. And when I saw that happen, I was, it was like, it, it hurt bad and then yeah the bikes and you it's also like, funny it's like even after the bikes i was like still thinking i was like damn i hope he's okay or whatever <laughs> but then yeah. you forget about that so quickly yeah. um i also and that's like one of sorry, oh, no, sorry, no no go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead no please no I'm, I'm gonna get on to another subject so 
Well, yeah, I, I was, yeah. That's like also one of like two scenes where they're not on the road. Like it's so, <laughs> it's it's wonderful how much, it probably like 99% of the movie, 95% of the movie where it's it's just on the road. So I, again, I just, I imagine it's a kind of movie you can turn on a billion times because it's like, it's, that's, that's the, now see once, once I go, like after we've both started talking at the same time, You're I so feel like a lot of pressure that like, I'm like, but what you now said I have to great. say a really good, it now I have smart. to say a really good point to make up for Adam. I'm, I'm exactly there with you. I keep on, <laughs> I keep on talking about something and then I'm going, what the hell am I even talking about? No one wants to hear this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. You gotta oh, be like me. I don't talk for 20 minutes. I, I won't make a single point. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say the one, the other scene where they're not on the road is so awesome. At the also, burger, at the burger place? not at the burger place. That scene's also really funny with the toilet. Oh paper. yeah, true. I guess there's a but couple the scenes. Scene, but the scene, the scene where uh, Bandit and Carrie kiss for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just I just love how like Jerry Reed is such a huge talented musician, and like. <laughs> he just and he wrote he found down a great song and i think he wrote the rest of the songs i'm not sure if there was like a team behind it but just put no effort into any of the other <laughs> songs where it literally he's just like okay i'll play a classic like guitar like rhythm for like country rhythm and just sing what's happening <laughs> over top of the scene it's awesome and i think it's in that scene where once they start kissing it's like you are the bandit <laughs> You yeah. are the bandit. <laughs> he repeats that ten times. <laughs> That's what's like, in his head. Is he's yeah. just like, you're the man, bandit. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, he wrote Eastbound and Down, so he's like, I can just take a victory lap. The rest of the yeah. yeah, the rest of the soundtrack. They were doing a. They were doing the scene like they were recording all of it, and they're like, okay, we're gonna play you the scene. And he's like, oh, I didn't write anything, and he just just said what was about to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so awesome. Um, the thing about that scene. And the thing about the whole movie is that I think the way the movie is, it could have not mattered if the romance was bad. And for some reason, it's really good. It's like one of the best parts of the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. But I think that's like true to say for the whole movie, where it's like, I think in at because of the, like the general plot and just like energy is so fun. I think not just the romance, but any aspect of the movie, whether it be good or bad. <laughs> like relationship wise it would have just not mattered in the long run yeah but for for me watching a lot of like uh action comedies and action movies and and movies of this ilk it's to me it's almost a given that the romance is going to be bad and there's very few where where it's not and in this one i think sally feels a great character you know obviously the way they talk about her is sometimes like sexist but She's she's a real character, and the romance they go out of their way to make it make sense and make it be compelling. Yeah, I think it's pretty Not cool. Very true. Yeah, yeah. And no, I, that... I... Sorry, go ahead, Max. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, now now there's too much pressure. No, 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 no. It's on you. This one's on you. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, and I, I think it would also be a given that the yeah that the Sally Field character, the the love interest of Bandit in a movie like this. Uh, would be very, very underwritten, mm-hmm. would be like boring. only in service of, yeah, it'd be very boring and just like madly in love with Bandit and given really nothing else. Like she would just be a, she would just be objectified. But I don't think that's the case here at all. Like I think she is a, as fleshed out as anyone in the movie. Um, 
and I don't know. Yeah, like I agree. Like I think their romance makes a ton of sense. It makes sense that they're both kind of like kindred spirits in a way. Like mm-hmm. they have the same kind of uh, just philosophy on life. I don't know. It's just beautiful. Like it's really nice. It's awesome. When when she goes, do we have anything in common at all? Like when they stop, and I feel like she's like going like, "Am I just attracted to this guy? Like, is there anything here?" Um, and there is, even though they have nothing in common. Like they do have this like shared well, philosophy. Yeah, they have they have no nomadicness in common. But they're so yeah. different on the surface, you know. Yeah. And she can't see how she could be attracted to this guy. I, I think it's great. It's really it's nice. And when when she almost leaves at the bus station, and it's like so emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And then she comes. Yeah, she chooses right away to come back because she's like, I just couldn't stand not being with you. Like it's. It's lovely. It's so lovely. Man, I love Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the love is so real. I'm just like the most unrealistic thing ever. <laughs> but it feels real and it feels amazing. And makes your heart sing. <laughs> a song about Bandit taking his hat off to kiss a girl. <laughs> makes your heart sing Eastbound and Down. <laughs> that is sort of the magic of movies that uh i don't know that that does feel like um even in the little bit of time that's well i guess they do dedicate quite a bit to the romance actually but like that does feel way more authentic and way more moving than a lot of even romance movies for me like mm-hmm. where it's more serious really trying to like i don't know be real i guess i'm be i'm being very found and, and serious yeah like we're trying to make a real statement about love or whatever it's like this movie's not trying to do that at all it's just trying to show two people who really are attracted to each other emotionally and it's it achieves it well yeah is the plot really about bootlegging or is the plot about their relationship because i feel like it's pretty 50 50 throughout the whole movie yeah true and the the payoff i think of the end is there's it, they don't really give it a moment but it's satisfying because she rides off with them the three of them ride off into the sunset yeah. like yeah, true. The, the bootleg, the race or whatever that they're doing doesn't even end up really mattering that much. Do you think they got the 80K? Or no, it was Double or Nothing. It was Double or Nothing. Is the sequel literally about the clam chowder? I have no idea because there's also... I remember reading once. I don't know where I read it. And it could just be like a fever dream or something. But I remember uh, there was a movie that was supposed to come out called like Smokey the Bandit. Smokey is where, the bandit. Someone told Smokey me is the bandit. Yeah, where sorry, what's the what's the huge actor's name that plays Buford T. Justice? <laughs> Jackie Gleason. Jackie I the movie where Jackie Gleason becomes a blocker or something like Well, that. okay, here's my understanding, and I could oh. be wrong. And we can check. The third movie was supposed to be called Smokey is the Bandit. And um Jackie Gleason who plays Buford T. Justice was going to play both characters. Oh, oh and my then goodness. audiences found it too confusing and they put jerry reed in they edited jerry what reed the... in so he's chasing snowman oh did you also know that uh m- most of the movie is not jackie gleason's voice what it's the guy who voices fred flintstone dubbing it over what what yeah i i remember learning about that maybe a couple years ago and there's two versions where there's, there's like the theatrical release and then like I guess, like, the VHS release or the TV release, too. And uh, you know where uh, Je- where Beaver T. Justice does, goes, like, you son of a bitch or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the version where 
like Fred Flintstone's voice actor ever dubs over everything. Uh, he says, you scumbum. <laughs> and I've seen that scene. I remember because one time I watched the movie and he said, you scumbum. And I was, I was like, how have I never noticed that before? And then oh, so the Fre- found it. The Fred Flintstone guy just does it. Like he just he does like a censored version. I don't think it's or is it a, there's, maybe there's one part maybe. where I noticed a different voice, but that's got to be Jackie Gleason's voice the whole time. Well, right, let me do a little Google. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this. Oh, you're doing it. Okay, good. While we're but, t- do you want? Oh yeah, sorry. Go on. No, no, you go go. I was gonna say we're here, so do you want to take a walk down the whack after? Or what's it called for this series? This is a series. This is a segment where we just talk about the actors, but we give it a cute name. Oh, we talk about uh, the actors. Well, just like the performances, you can kind of do whatever, whatever okay. we want to cover in this uh, segment. But yeah. uh, we call it the uh, uh, Whack Actor Avenue, usually. But Sebi, you gave it a good name last time for this series specifically. You remember what it was, Seb? For the Speed series. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm also googling. Um, oh, too distracted. Well, uh, we're, we are later. driving. We're taking a drive down Whack Actor Avenue. We're taking. A, mm, no, we're we're heading to Whack to Whack Actor Speedway. Where mm, yeah, that's a little better, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I think the one I did was like bike related because we we were. Oh doing yeah, maybe a, it was bike specific. Yeah. Um. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you look so focused. Okay, right okay, now. okay. I've never when, seen you look so me? focused. I've never been this yeah. focused. When Smokey and the Bandit first aired on American Network Television in the early '80s, censors were faced censors were faced with the challenge of toning down the raw language of the original film. For this purpose, they overdubbed dialogue deemed offensive. Um, the most noted change made for network broadcast was the replacing of Buford's often spoken phrase "some bitch." Uh, with the phrase scumbum. Okay. So I think the the TV version is probably dubbed. Okay. I wa- I guess I've watched the TV version once uh-huh. where cuz I have seen the scumbum. <laughs> I think maybe cuz I watched it on YouTube or something like that. But could we That's awesome. Take a quick director detour. Of yeah, course, right please. That's taking a, wa- a walk down uh what is it? Whack Act Speedway. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, yeah, we're taking a drive down the speedway, but yeah. before that, we're taking a detour. You're going to the, uh, what do they call the, the whack director, uh, truck stop? Yeah. But what do they call the trucks? They had like a name for it, like a barf. Oh, it's like a choking, choking view yeah, uh, or something. A choking view. Yeah, yeah, yeah choking view. I've never heard that before. Why? Because the food's bad? Is that Yeah, the... yeah, I think so. Okay. Anyway, yeah, anyway. please. What are you going to say about the director? Okay. Max mentioned White Lightning, which is an early car movie, uh, starring Burt Reynolds, and Hal Needham did like the stunts on that. And then eventually, I could have the timeline on this wrong, but he became Burt Reynolds' stunt double. And he was his stunt double for a long time. This is the director of the movie, Hal Needham. And I didn't know Hal Needham was a stunt double. Yeah, I, I might have told you this before, or uh, maybe I didn't. But he was Burt's uh, stunt double for a long time and ended up living in his guest house for many years. And he's the inspiration for Cliff Booth in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Their, their relationship wow. is the Rick Dalton-Cliff Booth relationship which I think is interesting. Um, and I do think we, we it's worth mentioning that he this was such a big hit that they were just able to make car movies forever for many years. And we watched one of the later ones, Cannonball Run, which was a big hit. And it's only stunts and bad comedy. It's yeah, unbelievable it's watch. Insanely bad. <laughs> oh. But did, did Hal Needham also do Hooper? Yes. And Hooper's like... And Hooper's arguably uh, much better than Smokey and the Bandit. 
it's more of in, a like quality maybe it's like more of a movie like there's like drama yeah I so this, so like this guy is like a he's just like a car direct like he that's yeah directs car movies does like stunts and i well cool. he started as a stunt guy and in if you watch a cool niche yeah if you watch white lightning all of the stunts in that are repeated in smoke demon bandit and like even like the same camera cuts i swear <laughs> yeah because <laughs> wow. he, he was like directing those sequences like the car sequences which aren't that many cool. in white lightning um but yeah, I think he's so interesting. I think it's so fun in this that even like expositional or dialogue scenes sometimes have stunts in them. Like when they first pick up the beer, Jerry Reed fully gets on the forklift and is being driven around. And it's like, whoa, like that's you can see it's the actual actor. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I think he adds so much. I think the stunts in this look amazing still. Oh, the stunts are unreal. Well, I think they're all just real stunts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like not, sorry, I feel like all stunts are real stunts, but I mean like. <laughs> They do really yeah, have just they're, like they're, ten yeah, transams that they hop over a river. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're super tactile stunts. It's yeah, it's not. But I think they're, so they're also effects based, photographed in a way that makes them look great as well. Because you can do yeah. real stunts and and just make it look like crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cannonball Run though is so insanely bad but one thing that i do think is cool about that movie is just when the guy for some reason rides a dirt bike out of an airplane that's the one i think about what yeah. that's just a character <laughs> that sounds awesome and it's, it's they clearly they clearly really did that also <laughs> yeah. like someone clearly actually rode a dirt bike out of a airplane and then like just parachuted off with a dirt bike crashed to the ground like this the scene is like a minor character gets a phone call and he goes, oh, hey, yeah, I can come to the Cannonball Run or whatever. And then he hangs up the phone and drives a dirt bike out of an airplane. And you're like, what Damn. the hell? Like, they just had so much money to just do whatever they want. But you know, you know in Smoking in the Bandit how um, it is clearly a movie from the 70s that takes place in America where there is, like, you know, without intention, but there is, like, you know, some bits of sexism and racism throughout it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in cannonball run it is oh, just racist it's even worse. and it is oh, just yeah. sexist it is oh. just like like there's like brown face in it there's like it's oh. insane and and every character is like kind of a stereotype um yeah yeah and jackie chan plays a japanese guy in it and the yeah and the joke is that you can't understand what he's saying like mm. it's it's terrible yeah, yeah that that honestly i was expecting some of that in Smokey and the bandit mm-hmm. and i was pleasantly surprised there's a but... little bit yeah, he has a Confederate flag uh, yeah. on his car. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> but there's, I know there's one scene that involves one of the police forces, and there's some remark made that is a little. Yeah, but it was by the. It's by the shitty sheriff, though. Yeah. True. I don't but know yeah. what your definition of black is, but that aspect of Smokey the Bandit. My definition of black is negative, and <laughs> that's pretty. That's super whack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The one, the one like Asian trucker too, where it's like. He yells like bonsai, and it's like oh, it's. Yeah. I was excited to see that there was like an Asian driver who was like part of his crew, and then if he didn't say that, it would have been, would have been cool. Yeah. That's his only line. Yeah, not not often stuff. Yeah. No, that's definitely whack. I was just expecting a lot worse. To yeah, be and, and especially and from yeah, a film brief. from the seventies. Not that like, not that that excuses what is in the movie, mm-hmm. but my baseline expectation was that it was going to be racist. And That's I like, was like, well, yeah, there is, there's definitely racism uh, in it, but not as much as I expected. <laughs> I was just surprised, I guess. 
Yeah. I remember when, I think I only saw it a couple times before showing it at movie club. And when you're showing something at movie club, you tend to think about your movie more than if you're just showing it to friends or whatever, because you're showing it to a lot of people. And like a lot of people I wasn't too familiar with at the time. And I couldn't remember how bad it was because I've watched other movies from that time. Mm. And I, But then after watching a movie club, I was pleasantly surprised to see it wasn't too awful. It's more diverse than a lot of movies at that time, too, than, than you'd expect. Yeah. A little bit. Oh. I, yeah, I Cooper's guess so. also good. Kinda. I, I, think, only... I, I mean, there's not that many characters, I guess. Mm. Like, like main characters. Yeah. They're all white, but yeah, all the main characters are white. Yeah, but just in terms of like, yeah, there's a lot of you know they pass through a lot of places and, and see a lot of different characters. And, um, yeah. It was a is a little more diverse than I remembered. Yeah, faint praise. Yeah. <laughs> Should we do the the whack actor? Yeah, let's talk? do the whack actor avenue. Yeah. Okay, because I know one crazy fact about the actor, and I'm excited this is the segment. Please. The guy that plays Junior played. Tarzan in three Tarzan movies. Oh. Oh. And he okay. ended up suing the studio for like like harm to his body and unsafe work conditions. It made a bunch of money, but it's because he got like a liver infection and like dysentery and something else. And then also one of the real chimps on the set bit his like cheek and he had the or bit his chin and he had a bunch of stitches and stuff Whoa. like that. But and then before he even was Tarzan, he was a professional football player. But he's just like such a boring nothing actor in the whole movie. <laughs> I think he's kind of funny. I mean, like the character, you know, is an idiot who doesn't get to do much. But true. Well, he plays the part really. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. But it's funny that he played Tarzan. Yeah. Wow. Um, if you were trying to get me to to say uh, all time comedic performances in movies especially in american movies i know i say hyperbolic stuff like this all the time i need you to say that i'm actually i'm begging you to tell me buford t justice would be in the top 10 damn i think he's so funny when he's eating the burger so disgustingly (laughs) and yelling about how he hates the bandit at the same time yeah (laughs) all right just me no, no, no he's, I, he's, I was he's just thinking funny. about he's it. Very funny. I forget this isn't a visual podcast, also. So I, I assume that people could see me. I'm like really aggressively thinking visually. Yeah, but. Y- uh, listeners, you should see Max right now. <laughs> he's, you know, that famous sculpture of the of uh, that person who thinks. What's that one called? The thinker. Uh, Michelangelo's uh, David. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a yeah, Max. I think, it's, I think it's Atlas <laughs> holding up the globe while he's thinking. Yeah, it's crazy that you're doing both of those things at the same time. You're you're yeah. like a mix of Atlas completely and naked. The you're holding up a globe. <laughs> uh, sometimes I really wish this was a visual podcast. No one's ever gonna I like, see this. I think I've commented on it's not a couple times, and I feel like I sound like I'm like <laughs> like talking down on it, but I'm not trying to at all. I just I just I I'm. I'm very unfamiliar in the podcast world, so every medium has its limits. Me too. Except I've always I... wanted to be a guest on a podcast, and I never have. <laughs> well, yeah, let me tell you, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I heard something they do on podcasts is do vocal decay, and so I'm going to start talking with a vocal decay for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm not actually. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to the actors. Uh, Sally Field, awesome. Yeah, Reynolds, great. awesome. Oh, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. Honestly, Jerry everyone's Reed. great. Yeah, everyone's great. Jerry yeah. Reed. Um, I knew beforehand just from country music because he's a really good guitar player and songwriter. But have you guys seen uh, American Graffiti? I assume you have. Long time ago when I was a kid. I've never so seen no. it. I know. You guys I call know. yourself film film people. I saw it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in in um, okay, if you remember, Seb, in American Graffiti, there's that gang. They're called like the Sharks or something like that, and they have like matching Letterman jackets. Mm. That's West Side and Story. <laughs> it's not West Side Story, but I think they have the same name or whatever. But anyways, the one of the like the main guy is Jerry Reed. Oh, but okay. he's not credited in it, and he's like not like even on IMDb is uncredited, and it's you can't find the actor who played its name, so I don't know if it actually is Jerry Reed. But, but if you search exactly. Jerry Reed American Graffiti, it just it pictures of that come up. I, I don't know, it's really weird. So I thought you maybe knew the answer. Oh no, I wish I did. I haven't seen it in a long time. I always explain American Graffiti as dazed and confused for in for 50s. older boomers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll watch it one day. It's like it's like weird. From what I remember, it's like not something you'd expect George Lucas to make at all. Like people always complain about how he's like cold and doesn't understand people, and then he just made this one like really moving coming of age movie that's like like really funny and like full of all these like horrible characters. Okay, look up um, America Graffiti Gang. I think it may have been his twin brother, Max. Oh, he has a twin brother? Oh, no, no, never mind, never mind, sorry. Uh, Jerry, oh. Jerry Reed and his twin brother from another mother, Bo Hopkins, and somebody's comparing how much they look alike, so it may have been oh, Bo it's, Hopkins. Oh, it's so Bo not, Hopkins. Not his actual twin brother. Okay, but just look up American Graffiti Gang, and you'll see the picture of them. And... Oh, yeah, I, I've looked up Bo Hopkins' American Graffiti, and it looks a lot like Jerry Reed. Okay, so there is a name, I just couldn't figure it out. I feel like I only looked it up like once oh, after seeing it. I'm going to link you to like one image in particular where it's like, it looks so much like it. Damn. Well, I don't know if I've ever seen another movie with Jerry Reed in it then. Yeah, but he's good. Like, I mean, he's, have you, yeah, he's so good. have you ever seen really the second good. one, Max? I have not. I simply haven't done it because I'm just like worried yeah. that it might ruin it for me. I think yeah, it has a bad reputation and everything, but I'd be curious. Oh, to you see. know what? I've seen I've seen actually uh, two movies with uh, Jerry Reed. He's in The Water Boy. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I, he is. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember who he plays in The Water Boy. <laughs> he's like I he's a coach. I think. Boy, but long time ago. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, one other category, real quick, which we kind of already talked about, but we also spin the official sound whack. Is there anything about the music? You already talked about how much you like it, but if you have Music's any other thoughts, awesome. It's really the good. Music, the music, the Eastbound and Down the theme is obviously like just a staple of country music songs from the seventies, even removed from you know, it's like you know, it's like what Shallow is to the new uh, Star Is Born. You know, it it was a pop song as well as it was a big song in the movie. Right. Right. Um, so that's amazing. And then I think even like we were talking about how ridiculous and like lame and easy the rest of the music is i think that also just is really awesome because it also just like all the music coming out of that time i talked about that cherry i mean 
yeah, what's his name? Red Sovine song, Teddy Bear. It's all so cheesy and corny and easy. So I think it's actually awesome. It all works really well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I only know what I hear in this movie. I don't think I've listened to any. What's the artist's name? Jerry Reed. He's the same yeah, guy that plays Snowman. Right. I don't know if I've ever listened to any of his music, but uh, I love the music in this. I think it's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also not sure if it is all Jerry Reed. The the song in the opening credits I thought was kind of slow, considering and less memorable. Um, and I actually think the whole opening of the movie is kind of slow, considering what kind of movie it is, until they start driving. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned that earlier. Like, I, I, once they get on the road, I'm like, this is great. But the I there the first ten minutes I'm kind of like uh, all right I, I don't know if I'm really following. But that's the what's thing happening. is it it only is the first ten minutes of like yeah a, you get you get like past a it full, pretty quick full movie so it's like it's it, if it, that's the only part that's slow is like yeah no I think I mean I love the movie and I'm glad all that stuff's at the front but I also remember the first time watching it with you and and like the first ten minutes is like he goes to Jerry Reed's house and just keeps calling his wife ugly and like making fun of his kids. And I was, and then oh, driving right. out with the Confederate flag and I was like, okay, uh, maybe it gets good. <laughs> maybe this is not going to be good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so apparently the guy who wrote the song bandit about taking his hat off, I heard this <laughs> is uh, not actually written by Jerry Reed. It's sung by him though. Oh, okay. But the guy, the guy has a great name. His name is Dick Feller. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a really good name that's, awesome. that's a really good name hello there dick feller <laughs> yeah the dick fellers <laughs> that's awesome so that's another that's another bonus point to the music in this movie uh, yeah absolutely um all right on to the on to the wax scores sebi do you want to do you want to start so we rate on a scale of one to five uh five being the most wax I guess zero being the least whack. I guess you could do a zero. Um, and so wait, are you using whack as negative or whack as whatever you whatever, need? Whatever it needs whatever to be Whatever you, you want. If it's negative to you, if it's positive to, to, to you, you know? Okay. So Sebi, we'll, we'll, start, we'll start with you. Uh, I think I'm going to give this a 3.75. I think it's, it's unique in the realm of American movies. Uh, Max is mad at me. Uh, no, I just, I just, I, if you're doing three point seven five, why don't you just do a scale out of ten? <laughs> yeah, I asked. I that. mean, like, I ask that every week, Max. If you do three point seven five, why don't you just do a seven and a half Max. out of ten? I'm with you. Well, it's been established. You can't just come in here and rewrite the rules okay, like sorry. some sort of. Bad I wasn't mad at the score. I was mad at <laughs> such a. It's just there's easier way. Okay, whatever. Rock on. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it has a unique rhythm. Like, you know, it inspired a lot of very interesting, cool movies and blockbusters to come. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. But it's also like, you know, a sort of conventional movie trying to give you some conventional satisfaction, which I think it does at the very best. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm re- uh, so I'm gonna uh, because I'm so mad about Seb not just just give it a round number. So out of con- out of uh, out of protest, I'm gonna give it a three point four one. Very nice. Uh, for all the reasons Seb said. <laughs> all right. Um, I still confused on the rating system, but <laughs> if, so if, are if, we. If a higher if a higher score, 
if a higher score it means it's I like it more, <laughs> then I'd probably give it a, a just a nice solid four uh-huh. out oh, yeah. of five. I was thinking about it. Um, it's it's like I don't know. I have a weird thing when it comes to rating movies, and this is why Letterbox stressed me out so much to stop using it. Is Fair enough. there's movies I see that are arguably fives out of fives, but there's movies that are three out of five that I will enjoy a hell of a lot more. Like Smoking the Bandit is probably aside from maybe Star Wars, my favorite movie of all time. And, uh, but I understand it's not a five out of five. For me, it's a, a four and a half or a five on, on my personal scale. It's exactly what I oh, want. What's the whack film. scale? The whack scale is a wacko meter. How whack is it? <laughs> okay. Well then I'm going to give it's it not a, a quality one. thing at all. Okay. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a one out of five because it's not that whack. It's an awesome movie, but there's whack aspects to it. So I'm going to give it a nice one out of five of the wacko meter. Right. I don't remember one what point, I gave. So you but. give 3.41. Okay, so I'll dial up the wackometer now. <laughs> and that brings it to a score of 2.72. Uh, yeah, I think you've identified the fundamental flaw of our podcast, Max, something that we, uh, we, uh, we uh, discuss often, um, that the uh, core concept of our podcast makes no sense. Uh, so that's something. That's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of like Smokey and the Bandit. Where yeah, the core concept yeah. makes no sense either. Was, but it's a hell of a lot of fun to watch. But, it, but it's a great ride all the way through, and that's what we exactly. wanted on the podcast. It makes no exactly. sense. You don't know if you're even if, what you're latching on to, but you're the latching on to something. After us. Yeah, what a beautiful analogy to end up this end this episode. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh thank you. Thank you, Max, for coming in. It was a pleasure. I'm really glad I got to watch this movie because I know how much both of you love it. So I've, I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. So thank you for coming no, thank, in. Thank you guys so much. This is a lot of fun. Welcome to I, the uh, club, or should I say my... the convoy? Oh, well, thank you. Ooh, oh, wait, one last thing I want to, I want you guys to just off the top of your heads before you say goodbye. What would your truck, trucker names oh, be? Oh, no, oh, no, no. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, I mean, probably AC Bose. Oh, our, our, uh, what's a truck? What's a car thing? RC Cable. Bovo. That's yep. awful. That's, yeah, that's pretty bad. Okay, how about this one? Lankmaster. Lankmaster? That's also horrible. It's gotta be something like, like Slim Jim or Hot Pocket. You know, okay, that's gotta be really something good. like. Well, you thought about it. You had time to think about Those it. Those are just both snack foods. Have to do with I know, but that. Or you, well, you call yourself, I don't know, like. Clementine? Like, Wait. Clementine, okay. That's a good name. <laughs> you yourself, I feel like Clementine's perfectly good. You call yourself, I don't know, Pogo Stick. Big tuna, or, tuna. Yeah, that's actually really big. That's yeah, big tuna. That's a great names. one. In yeah. the hacker episode, oh, yeah. wasn't it like tuna and melt or something? I feel like you could be like even, I don't know, all the ones that my head's just going to food. But yeah, okay. Well, Think about it. Everyone listening, think about yeah. the truck name. Anyone, if you have and a make sure name. you like, comment, subscribe, and comment yeah. your truck yeah, name. Yeah, comment below your name, please. <laughs> comment our name. Uh, thank you to uh, Ian Mills for the music. Thanks to Emma Kudlak for the logo. Uh, go to at Insomniac Fest on Instagram, Insomniac underscore Fest, Twitter, insomniacfestival.com to learn more about us or to watch Insomniac the movie and play Insomniac the movie, the game, both of which are on the website and are really good uh and so we always end each episode with uh how the movie ends so i guess wait max we uh max don't leave the meeting who's gonna hold on to your hat what what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> so 
Oh, yeah, because that's the, the last line of the. That is a really oh, funny joke. But I think he's it's a good ending the like, whole time. I think it's actually like a, a solid joke. joke to end the whole Damn, I actually can't believe that went right over my head. I, I thought it's because I've been touching my hat throughout <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> Damn. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs>